I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to a brand new bonus episode of The School for Damn Women. This week we invited novelist Aisha Malik to the studio to tell us all about rom-coms, not watching the big sick, and dating as a Muslim woman. But then she started talking about the hole in the wall of her ex-boyfriend's house and we decided to keep her here for longer. Here's our full conversation right now. Hannah, once again, you found a piece of pop culture that you don't understand and are examining it like it's a dead worm. Uh, what's going on, you hideous troll? This week, Caroline, I've uh, been hearing a lot about something called a rom-com. Yes. Um, there seems to have been quite a lot in the in the media and the newspapers mm. about them. And um, I, for one, don't have a clue. What yeah, that it's a is. Russian term for mm. attractive white people with lots of money uh, looking at each other. For a long time. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I actually did decide to get an expert on to educate us all about this. So, yes, please welcome to the studio uh, our very special guest, author Aisha Malik. Hello. hello. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> You're not Aisha Malik. I know. I was going to say hello to you. <laughs> you say hello first. Hello. Hello. Hi. Nice to see you. Aisha is an author of two very funny novels, Sophia Khan is Not Obliged, and the sequel, The Other Half of Happiness. Um, and you were also a ghostwriter on Nadia Hussein's book, The Secret Lives of the Amir Sisters. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Ooh, I, I believe that's old rather well. <laughs> <laughs> Hope there was a nice royalties check for that. <laughs> I don't feel like you can talk about it. I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> oh, my lips are sealed. You did it for the exposure. Obviously. <laughs> Um, so, Aisha, what is a rom-com? Well, let me educate you. Yeah. A rom-com is a romantic comedy and something that most people, most women, people... Are <laughs> <laughs> women oh, you can people. See. Discuss. Oh, discuss. <laughs> um, you can see I'm having trouble here. Um, which, actually, I've come in defence of rom-coms because I think they get a really bad rep. And I think they get bad rep because do they set us up for um, huge disappointments or are they chicken soup for the soul? And I tend to think that they're chicken soup for the soul. And I think we should all watch more of them. Um, And I think that um, people should make more rom-coms and write more rom-coms. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, they're definitely having like a little bit of a moment again now because for a long time, the sort of feministy clickbait media was very much like, love actually is problematic, this is problematic, pretty yeah. woman's problematic, all this kind of stuff. And um, now we're sort of creating a new batch of rom-coms on Netflix and that kind of thing. Um, to All the Boys I've Loved Before has been huge. Crazy Rich Agents has been huge. They've been great um, as well on a representation standpoint, but also they've been huge 
for their own reasons people just really like them um, what's your take on all of that um, I watched Crazy Rich Asians and I did enjoy it I, did, I didn't love it because I thought that the this is going to sound like a dissection of a romantic comedy. Um, I didn't. I didn't like the two main characters just because they're a bit kind of cardboard cut out. Bit blah. Yeah, a bit yeah. blah. Mm. But I loved it for its diversity. I loved it for its aestheticness. Oh yeah, aesthetically it was pleasing, indulgent. Yes, exactly. Thank you for giving me words. <laughs> um, but also, I I don't like the fact that rom coms are seen as anti feminist. I think that rom coms can be feminist. Um, I don't know who's watching Vanity Fair, but I think that's quite a good example of how uh, how you can have like an anti-heroine in a romantic comedy setup. Mm. Right. So Vanity Fair, that was a like a 19th century novel, wasn't yeah. it? And they tried to make yeah. it with Reese Witherspoon a while ago. And... I didn't watch that one, no. But very much like a costume drama. Yeah. Um, yeah. And would you say that's your particular love? I love period dramas. Yes. Yes. What are love... the, what's the plot of Vanity Fair? Um, it's a, So you've got Becky Sharp, who's this anti-heroine. She's um, sharp by name, sharp by nature. Oh. Um, she's kind of wild. She doesn't fit into any kind of social um, framework. She's orphaned and the daughter of of, I think, an opera singer and, and, and something else, I don't know. Um, and it's basically about her trying to climb her way up the social ladder because she doesn't want to be poor. Okay. Um, and it's just, it's just brilliant and she's just a fantastic character. She's horrible, but fantastically drawn, yeah. So that's what's a really interesting thing about rom-coms. Rom-coms? <laughs> rom-coms. Condoms. <laughs> that's the really interesting Which thing. Which are featured in rom-coms. <laughs> yeah. Not enough, though. No. They never pop Certainly one not up. in my books. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, the interesting thing about rom-coms is that while um, I think their criticizers would be very much, oh, it's just about like beautiful people falling in love, actually, you do see big social issues being tackled in them a lot. And Vanity Fair is a good example but even like, if you think about stuff like Bridget Jones' Diary, like that, yes, it's about like a girl in the city who's in her 30s and she doesn't know, what you know, single culture, all that stuff. But also it's very much about British culture and the Darcy's being the haves and her kind of by comparison mm. being the have-nots. Yeah. And it's very stratified. It's very like, well, there's was, a lot going on. Yeah, it was based on Pride and Prejudice, right? So, yeah. And Jane Austen um, was, you know, addressing some huge issues of her time about... Um, the state of marriage and how the only way for a woman to make any kind of fortune was to marry well. So, and and if Jane Austen was writing now, I think she'd been she'd be seen to be writing romantic comedies. Um, and yet she's so revered just because she was ahead of her time. I think. Yeah. The weird thing about Jane Austen is that like there's this weird consumer culture around Jane Austen where it's like, Mr. Darcy, Mr. Darcy, like buy your like weird Mr. Darcy fridge magnet and your weird <laughs> Mr. Darcy tea towel. But don't you think that Bridget Jones was too good for Mr. Darcy? Yeah, kinda. kinda he was like... kind of a pain in the ass, wasn't he? Well, he's just kind of a bit, a bit boring. Bit boring. Yeah. Like, where was his spark? So yeah. I kind of feel like she she kind of she married down. I think. Yeah. <laughs> his whole thing was that he had had kind eyes and he liked her just the way she was. And also, he yeah. didn't cheat on his wife. Yeah. <laughs> and also, out. he's rich and handsome, which always helps. Yeah. 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 The only time he has like a bit of where you're like, oh yeah, all right, is when he goes. Oh, yes, they bloody do. Oh, that God. That's the only line where you're like, yeah, I'd probably fuck him. But the rest of the time you're like, eh. Oh, God, that is a really hot bit, isn't yeah. it? Like, I would definitely have shagged what's-his-face, Hugh Grant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Daniel Cleaver. What's his Daniel Cleaver? That's it, yeah. Am I allowed to say that as a Muslim? I don't know. 
Probably not. Yeah, yeah. you're on rules. <laughs> you can delete that bit, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> what, that you would sleep with Daniel Cleaver? Yeah. He's all right, he's fictional. Yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah. It's fine. Um, on the mind. So <laughs> yeah. Mind. None of us can truly sleep with Daniel Cleaver. Oh. <laughs> I think we could probably all sleep with Hugh Grant if we let him. Yeah. <laughs> Although who would right now? Nobody. Nobody. Oh, Hugh anymore. Grant, absolutely not. No. Daniel Cleaver in yes. Bridget Jones' Diary, yes. yes. But is Hugh totally. Grant, he's kind of entering his like older actor phase, right? He's doing like Paddington and stuff. He's coming out of the sexy oh, roles. Oh, yeah. So great in Paddington. Is he? Oh, oh, it was it. great. It was... <gasps> Paddington 2 is actually better than the first one. Is that a rom-com? Mm, no. It's no, not really. No, I haven't seen it. Um, it's it's more of a story of kind of immigration and acceptance and belonging. Oh. Um, yeah, which is probably better than rom com actually. Um, <laughs> no, Paddington Two is amazing. It's great, and he's brilliant in it. Oh mm-hmm. well, well Hugh Grant. I guess we're good with him. Yeah, he's <laughs> old age. He lives. He, pl- to see the he day. plays an evil character, which is quite nice. Oh really? Yeah. Because I did, I, I, this is, what do you think about this? I think, because, you know, he's in, he was in Notting Hill and all those Richard Curtis films. I feel like rom-coms peaked then, and I don't feel like there's really been another one to top all those but ones. But I wonder whether that's because people just, we've kind of moved on, and um, we don't like the idea of a woman just looking for love. Um, mm. There should be uh, more yeah. to life, right? Maybe, yeah. And I think that rom-coms haven't quite caught up in kind of, diversifying women's lives yeah. and not just chasing after a man but chasing their actual dreams and yeah. um so i think that they were great but there is room to kind of explore the the different kind of narratives. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> narratives of women's lives. Um No, yeah, I do know what you mean. Like you want people to be a bit in all 3D now, don't we? Yeah. yeah. What's that ro- that rom-com about um uh, has anyone seen something's got to give? With Diane Keaton oh, and Jack yeah, Nicholson. Yeah, oh God. Oh, oh. I haven't watched it just because I've never seen it. I'm sure it's great, but I don't want to see Diane Keaton lower herself both physically and socially it's, on Jack Nicholson. It's, um, <laughs> fair. I, I, right? I oh, is that the one where they're a bit older? It's not like an old film, is it? No, no, no. They're just oh, they're just older people yes, falling I in did. love, which was really, it was. it's so funny. It's so sharp. Should I give it a chance? I. You should. Everyone should give it a chance. It's like one of my top five faves. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, okay. I think it's. I mean, I might just have really shit taste in rom coms. I don't know. <laughs> no such thing. But um, but yeah, I love that film. It's great. What's your number one? Do you uh, have a top five? I feel like uh, you might. Um, Bridget Jones's Diary, and I only say that because uh, um, just how many times I've seen it. Um, okay. Yeah. It has to be my favorite. I literally watch yeah, it yeah, like yeah. all the time. Um, and I really love Love Actually, even though a lot of people kind of rain on its parade. No, I'm with you on that. Because I just think it's it's warm and lovely. Um, and When Harry Met Sally. Oh, yeah. I yeah. only saw that for the first time really recently. And God, it's so good. It's so clever. I love it very so good. much. Yeah. Oh, so much. Really? I saw a rom-com and I liked it. <laughs> Um, Welcome to the gang. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be really interested to know how you got into them in the first place. I think a lot of girls watch them when they're very young because yeah. of their ideas of love. But yeah. like, what has kept you, what got you into them and what has kept you going with them? Um, I think it was just the idea, the kind of idealized notion, idealized notion of love. And it was just very sweet to watch because it wasn't happening in reality. <laughs> um, and so it was kind of escapism and hopefulness. And I think I still watch it just because um, it takes me back to the days of hopefulness. Um, and I think that they can be really clever and really smart. And I think they can tell us truths about what we want out of life. I, I think that we live in a time that's quite cynical. 
and we have to want something more than just um, to fall in love. But I think that's such a huge component of being a human being. And you're allowed to be that person when you're watching a romantic comedy, whereas you're not allowed to be that person outside of the television box. Yeah, maybe. massively. Yeah. That's such an interesting concept, though, because, yeah, people... Like, even when, like, you know, your single friend or whatever tells you about a date, they they, they immediately do that thing. They're like, oh, it's not going to go anywhere and he's probably a prick. <laughs> Sorry, Alex, I feel like I'm making <laughs> so much eye contact with you right now. <laughs> because it's probably true. Yeah. But it's nice that there's still, like, this weird cultural space for us to just, like be like sweepingly romantic but it's also nice to just have um, something that you can kind of relate to and I think the whole point of Bridget Jones's diary was every woman well maybe not every woman but most women related to just her plight of just feeling a bit shit about herself just wanting to have a boyfriend and not being able to because she doesn't have the confidence and she just sits at home drinking wine and Mm. eating chocolate and I think there's a part of um, every woman I'm going to say most women because maybe not every woman um, that just was able to relate to that Um, but I also think that for example Nora Ephron when she wrote Heartburn Mm. um, about her divorce with her husband because he cheated on her she um, made tragedy into comedy yeah um and i think that's also a really powerful way of using um rom-coms um that you can make something tragic into something funny and it almost lets us it almost helps us to embrace the tragedy in our own lives i think sometimes maybe i think that's yeah. that's brilliant brilliant especially in the case of Nora efron where uh, I'm sure most people who listen know the heartburn story, but essentially her very famous journalist husband cheated on her while she was very pregnant, and then she wrote a memoir about it, and it became well, not a memoir, a you know autobiographical yeah. novel, mm. and then it became like her lottery ticket, yeah. <laughs> and like you know her ticket into making movies but and it's, everything. It's also so empowering because I've had friends who have been in crap relationships who have been cheated on, and. Actually, they read the book and they're like, actually, you know what? It doesn't feel that shit anymore. And I think that's that's an amazing thing. Yeah. So speaking of like not, not turning tragedy into comedy, but in in your books. Um, <laughs> well, actually, like I bought your book and I was like halfway through it. And then my friend stole it from my house, uh, read it in the bath, dropped it in the bath. Oh. So I still don't know how it ends, which is very annoying. That old excuse. <laughs> yeah. Dog ate my homework. <laughs> my friend drowned my book. Um, but um, what I really loved about it is that it opens on this character, Sophia, who is just after this terrible breakup. Um, and the terrible breakup is like very specific. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd love for you to tell us a bit more about Sophia's story and where it came from. Um, So Sophia Khan breaks up with her boyfriend. Um, She works in publishing as a publicist. And um, she breaks up with her boyfriend because when they get married, he wants her to live with him and his parents and a hole in the wall with the two houses kind of next to each other with this hole in the wall so that everyone can just go go in and out. Oh, Um, right at will and she's horrified by this kind of social expectation for women to um, live with their in-laws just because it's just because it's what you do um, and she doesn't want to do that so she um, says peace out to him yeah <laughs> says I want something better than that yeah better than a hole in the wall I mean would they style out the hole in the wall would they be like tiling around it or would it just be like <laughs> no, bash no, no. hole walk through the hole no, no, this no. is your Cru- life cool. Cru- Cru- <laughs> the hole. no tiling no curtains 
just a hole in the wall, <laughs> um, no privacy. And so, yeah, so she ends up then um, being miserable about it um, and then gets asked by an editor to write a Muslim dating book, mm-hmm. um, which throws her into the Muslim dating world. So, I mean, you worked in publishing. I did. So is there like, you know... Was there a hole in the wall? Was there a hole? What I'm asking, is there a hole in the wall? Was there a hole in the wall? Tell me about the hole in the wall. There was a hole in the wall, yeah. (gasps) Oh, wow. Wow. So it is a semi-autobiographical thing. It is Um, your heartburn. I mean, well, I mean, no, because, you know, I didn't end up with like a hot Irish guy. Um, (laughs) Is that how it ends? Oh, shit. Oh, no, I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited you represented. (laughs) Oops, I could represent you really badly, by the way. (laughs) Are you a hot Irish guy? Um, uh, sorry. Does uh, um, Does Sophia go into the world of Minda? Minda, she no, because Minda didn't exist then. Oh, yeah. Right. When I wrote it, Minda didn't exist. I'm maybe, assuming Minda is is the Muslim, Muslim Tinder. Tinder yeah, by, yeah. I'm very creative by the way we Muslim <laughs> people are. Um, and so yeah, there were elements that there were things that happened to me in my dating life that were just so ridiculous. A friend of mine was like, you know what, you should really put that in a book because it's so stupid that you would only <laughs> believe it in fiction. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, there was a hole in the wall. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Didn't marry him, obviously. <laughs> I'm glad. I don't think you're a hole in the wall kind of gal. No, no judgment on girls who are hole in the wall gals. I don't think anybody's a hole in the wall gal. I'm a oh, hole in my legs gal. There are lots. Of, <laughs> there are a lot of hole in the wall girls. I'm really? telling you. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and they, even like not holes in the wall, just in the same house. <gasps> it's prevalent mm. in the Asian community. And it was also kind of my backlash against it because I was so angry at this expectation mm, that yeah. I should have to live with the in-laws. It didn't make any sense to me. Like this is not normal life that's not it it just doesn't make any sense and also I was just really pissed off about the double standard because my mum's a widow and um, my sister's married and I was like well why should I live with you and your fucking family and your sister and brother-in-law and your brother on the same road why don't you live with my mum who's all on her own yeah that that makes a lot more sense sense. Yeah. yeah so that's why I was like peace out yeah Fuck this. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I'm I'm very proud of you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I know this was several years ago, but even so. <laughs> um yeah, so it was yeah, it was kind of it was quite cathartic being able to write that. Um and just being able to put out how I felt. Because every time I'd speak to someone about it within the like Muslim community, they'd be like, Oh, but this is what girls do and I'm like, Well, mm, no, not really. <laughs> yeah. Not all girls. Yeah. You don't have to. Because I haven't. No, yes, I haven't. <laughs> so when you wrote Sophia Khan when it was out, did you think it gave other Muslim girls a sort of like a tool to like shove at their in laws and be like, No. Um, <laughs> no hole in the wall. <laughs> no hole in the wall. Um no, I mean, I don't know. I have had like uh, I have had a lot of um, messages from Muslim girls who feel ap- appreciative of the fact that they're represented in books, um, and who are like, I I so recognise that, um, and I so recognise the double standards and the racism within the community, and just um, so many. So it was nice to be able to give a voice to a particular type of Muslim girl, I guess, who feels slightly constricted within the social framework. Um, I won't pretend to give a voice to all Muslim girls. But yeah, I did get some a lot of positive feedback on it, which was nice. So awesome. Yeah. Um, When we first met, we were on a panel together at Waterstone Tottenham Court Road. And uh, one of the things you said that I was really fascinated by was um, how when you were young, you related to things like Jane Austen. Yeah. um, Because of how constricted their yeah. social, the social construct was the social yeah. mores is yeah um is is like 
I was just wondering if you could speak a little bit more about that, about like looking at these like characters in the 15th, 16th century. Mm. I don't know when Jane Austen was writing. 18th century. That's like Shakespeare in the 15th century. Yeah, and like what the the experience of looking at someone in that a different time zone and be like, oh, I actually I get what Lizzie Bennet is about. Yeah, and I think also, I mean, having said that, Bridget Jones is one of my ultimately favorite books and favorite films. The first one, anyway. Um, I didn't relate to the part where she drinks and yeah. you know has sex with guys before marriage because I'm an observant Muslim, and um, so. That's what I found in Austenian novels because those social mores um, and that kind of level of religious observation was is so kind of resonant for my time and my people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did, yeah, I did really relate to it, and um, I recognised I recognised the marital pressures. Um, more acutely than I wished I, I I had to. I think times have changed a lot uh, between like, from 10 years ago to now. Um, but even now I hear of parents saying, oh, my daughter's like 23, 24, and I really need to find her a husband. And I'm like, God, I just, I, wow. I, I, yeah, it's it's crazy that this still, this still happens. So that's why I was a bit obsessed with Jane Austen, um, you know, having chaperones on dates, true story. Once Ooh, had that. Really? Yeah. Wow. Weird. How, what did you chat about? Or did you have like a kind of a... Just, a, a and did the, you pretend like it was a bodyguard? Like, did you know And the or? third person was actually my friend because oh. he, he said he was uncomfortable with going on a date with me without a third person there. Oh, the guy like, you were dating? Yeah. I was, like, we were just... We were talking for marriage oh, purposes, so, okay. right? Oh. This is how we work. This is how we operate, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, do we feel like total like cultural tourists <laughs> right. being like, tell us that's more. A, that's okay. <laughs> um, and um, he was like, oh, you know, just bring um, one of your close friends along. And I was like, this is really fucking weird. Um, but I went along with it because I'm always told that I'm too um, closed minded when it comes to like meeting guys. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just branch out here. I'm just sure. going to give this a shot. Yeah, yeah. It was just weird because it's like this third wheel there. You're having coffee and what, you know, it was just, a ve- it was a very yeah. odd dynamic. Yeah. And I also, because um, I went, I, my sister who's five years older than me, she um, had a lot of um, suitors. Ooh. I'm using air quotes, by the way. <laughs> um, suitors come to the house to see her for marriage purposes. Um, again, this was, she got married when she was 28. This was, um, this was like 10, 15 years, 15 years ago. And um, I, kind of, I kind of saw like guy after guy come with his parents and just basically, um, she was kind of paraded a bit like a piece of meat, wow. you know, coming in, serving the tea, serving the samosas. Um, and I was just like, there is absolutely no way in hell I'm doing that. That's just not going to happen. And then I was introduced to this guy who um, who seemed relatively normal, was super fun um, to chat to. Um, and then and I was we were just speaking over the phone and then um, he was like, oh, you know, we should arrange a meeting. And I was like, yeah, great coffee date. And he was like, no, we should do it with the parents involved. Wow. We should do it properly. And I was like, eh? well, is he talking? Like, this is very odd. Um, so I spoke to my mum about it and she was just like, oh, it's up to you. If you want to do it, fine. If you don't, then it's up to you. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give this a shot just because everyone's always saying that I'm closed-minded. And we did. And it was just just the most awkward, just the oh, yeah. weirdest. Think East is East. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. I think East is East, um, but just um, not with the not with the vagina. Thankfully, um, although it might have, might have made it more entertaining. Um, so yeah, I've I've tried a few traditional things, but they just don't they just don't gel with me, um, and that's why I kind of wrote Sophia Khan a lot out of frustration with mm. just how difficult Muslim women. Because one of the main things, this is kind of not about rom coms anymore. This is basically it's about fine. my it's dating interesting. life. It's really it's, interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot of the guys that I used to go on dates with would say, "Oh, but." You wear a hijab, so you're a bit modern for a hijabi. And I never quite understood what they what they. Mm. I didn't quite understand where they were coming from. I think the the perception is that if you wear a hijab and you're an observant Muslim, somehow you have to adhere to all these kind of um, to all these rules and regulations, and you're not allowed to have thoughts outside that social framework. It's sort of like in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, yeah. it's this expectation, for example, that you'll live with the indoors because it's just the done thing. You yeah. wear a hijab. You should, you should just be like quite traditional. But actually, in reality, I'm not and nor are a lot of Muslim girls out there who wear hijab, who are observant Muslims, but who have aspirations that aren't all linked to marriage. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so so when I was when I was penning Sophia Khan, it was kind of it was a lot of fun, but a lot of it was just me banging at the keyboard yeah, because yeah. I was just really frustrated and pissed off with these kind of double standards um, and the and the racism within within communities and these kind of social expectations, um, and not just from parents, you know, from people of my generation, men from my generation, and even to a large extent, women from my generation. Um, I have absolutely no problem marrying outside my own race. And speaking to a couple of um, acquaintances, I realised there are actually a lot of men and women who have been born and brought up here say, oh, no, I want to stick to someone Pakistani just because just because I do. And I find that I find that incredible, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah. What do you mean with the with when you say the racism within the community? Um, So, you know, if if I if I brought home um, a white guy who would have to convert to Islam to be accepted within the within my family. And it would be uh, very important for me as well because it's such a large part of my life, big part of my life. Um, but if he was white, I, I think my mum, just she just wouldn't care. She'd be so happy that I finally found someone to marry. She'd be like, mm. great. Oh, right, okay. If I brought home someone black, there would be there would be outrage. Wow. Yeah, I think it would Not be... Not just from your mum, but from the whole oh, yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a real kind of... Um, there's a real sense of racism within the Asian community. You know, the darker you are, the less acceptable you are as a as a, as a suitor or suitoress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just made up my own word. Um, so, yeah, that was one of the things that I also was really pissed off about because... Yeah. So I wrote about it in the book. Um, one of the one of um, Sophia's friends has a relationship with a with a black guy, because it's it's just it's something that we need to tackle. It's something we need to talk about, and it's something that we just need to really get over. I think our parents and even my generation, the younger generation, are set in certain colonial mindset. This kind of internalized colonialism, mm. um, and it's just not acceptable. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that. Um 
that you brought that up because my boyfriend's um, he's South Asian like Sri Lankan Tamil mm. and he's told me that exact same thing yeah. like his family are very like really lovely to me mm. it's not a problem there but within the wider like community he literally can list yeah all different like really? it's really yeah. wow. it's white, so white privilege is everywhere <laughs> <laughs> even in Asian communities yeah, yeah. yeah. these stuff that you just described particularly the stuff about sort of meeting parents and um, that kind of awkwardness yeah. um, around that um, reminded me a lot of a rom-com that came out recently that was very famous oh my god I know what you're going to say The Big Sick yeah yes. I was going to bring that yeah. up yeah because it's the only one with a Muslim guy in it and yeah it, and it's the only rom-com I haven't watched no, <laughs> no way I loved it I had this I have this really weird thing about watching myself represented in a movie. And I think my main problem with it was the fact that he had to be with a white girl for it to be acceptable to make that film and to... I, I have I have a few bugbears about it, which is why I never watched it. The only thing that might sway you is that it is his true personal story yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but I yeah. know what you mean I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you no no um, um, yeah and you're right that does um, and, I, and I know that but it was it was just I'm really kind of bored of seeing if there's any kind of um, Asian relationship on television or in films of it having to be a, a brown guy with a white girl. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Master makes, of None was Yeah, that one. makes it acceptable. Why can't we have two brown people get together on TV or on yeah. in film, you know? True. Yeah. And also the way those films tend to depict the, the Muslim girls who are the suitoresses su- yeah. su- tends to really put these Muslim girls as like second prize yeah. or yeah, silver medal. definitely in The Big Sick. There's yeah. a scene yeah. where um, his parents are trying to introduce him to all these girls and they kind of like get him back to the house to be like, oh, we're just, we're just having dinner, we're just having dinner. And then there's this woman there with her parents. Mm. Um, and it feels very much like they're the sort of like, you know, they're su- supplementary characters and then he sort of throws them away. He gets pictures of them, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. he sort of like burns them or something. Yeah. And I'm, is... the thing is, I'm kind of guilty of that as well with the first book because... Um, as you now know, Sophia ends up with this <laughs> hot white Irish guy. But kind of, in my defence, um, it's okay because he's Irish. Oh. And, um, Irish people have had a lot of shit in the past, so that that's their common ground because they're both, you know, referred to as terrorists. And that is nice. Yeah, yeah isn't that sweet? <laughs> I think that was a reason we instantly got on. Um, so that, that's that's how I justify it. But at the same time, I do paint Asian men to be absolutely awful in the first book, and I was called up on it quite a few times in a lot of my reviews. Oh, by really? readers, yeah. So that was that was interesting. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you think if the opportunity came along for you to sort of like, I don't know, have some kind of say in um, like a rom-com that did depict, you know, something that represents your life, would you would you kind of go yeah, for it and be like, yes, we're going to have an Asian girl? I'd love that. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I just think because if you if you want to talk about representation, then why do we why why does it always have to involve someone that's white, you know? Mm. Oh god, I sound like such a racist. But it's you just, really don't. <laughs> it's because it's because it just it just annoys me that that is a condition, you know, that you have to have in order to make a brown character palatable to a wider audience. No, massively. Yeah. Um, right, and yeah, right. no, I'd love to see a rom-com that's just two brown people yeah. or I, I can't think of any rom-coms with just two brown people. Well, Crazy Rich Asians. Yes, apart from, and that's yeah. what, that's one of the reasons I really liked watching it just yeah. because it was a breath of fresh air for that reason. I remember about, uh, when did Hitch come out? You know, the Will Smith film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 2000s-ish? Yeah, it was like, uh, I think it was about 10... Yeah, no, like 12, 13 years ago. In fact, because I remember the boy I went to see it with. Um, <laughs> and I remember it was, you know kind of at least they were more transparent about it but I remember watching like a behind the scenes thing about it because I had a massive crush on Will Smith at the time so I used to Obviously. like devour oh, everything that he did um, and I remember the director or somebody the producer or something being like okay so we wanted to make a movie with Will we wanted to make a rom-com and like uh, he's black so we couldn't have a black girl that he gets with um, but then we thought that a white girl would be too unrealistic so we went with Eva Mendes who's Latina yeah and but, it, it was like and that's that's a really tough decision isn't it <laughs> having Eva Mendes <laughs> do you know what I mean it's a really Harry's brave choice <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's just it's just like oh but what? they're always doing that with black actors like um, he was also yeah. paired up with Selma Hayek in Wild West like, oh yeah it's like, it's uh, like oh yeah. happy medium or something yeah. It's so yeah. weird but I don't know whether they were trying to say like oh it would be unrealistic for him to go out with a white woman what I think they just think about the wider audience and what's palatable to the wider audience yeah. I th- and I think it's amazing that we still live in a time where we can't see a, a black man with a black woman yeah. Um, yeah. for um, like a blockbuster film. Yeah. What was really yeah. interesting, um, a couple of years ago, I went to a screening of the movie Southside by You, mm. which was... Um, I went with you. You went with me. Wait, yeah. did was you all... about Obama? Obama yeah. and Michelle. I came with you too. We all went. <laughs> we all went. <laughs> this was pre-podcast. Jeez, we used to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> What happened to us? Um, but what what I found really interesting about that movie, because it's not an especially good film, nor does it feel like an accurate film about those two people. <laughs> but what we should just point out, it's about Michelle and Barack Obama's first date. In yeah, case anyone doesn't know the first sort of like twelve hours that they knew each other yeah. or whatever. And it's it's a sweet idea, but it's yeah, I I didn't think it was great. I don't think either of you did no, either. No. It was all right. The guy um, playing Obama was brilliant. Yeah, but what the 
the thing what I, occurred to me while I was watching it because they do look like it's, a, it's very much a rom-com they go to art galleries mm. they have dinner they have long conversations it's a lot of like a lot of pep and sass and that rom-com dialogue that yeah. everyone loves to watch walks in in dusk exactly um, but what I thought watching it was like oh in order for the black community to get a rom-com on wide release they have to make it about historical not even historical yeah like the president, but yeah. the president, like, like it could be like a perfectly fine date movie if they were called any other. They didn't have to be the Obamas at all. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then the the assumption is that no one would go watch it. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, although there was that great. Although was it a romantic com- comedy? Girl, girls' night out. Was it girls' night out? Yes, with oh, um, Queen yeah. yeah, yeah. Latifah. Brilliant. I, I haven't seen it. it. I loved it. It was great. Yeah. I really like Tiffany Haddish and I love Queen Latifah so what am I doing? I <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Go and watch it. But I think what's like to wrap up essentially like um, you know people are cynical about rom-coms because they think that they're um, irresponsible or that they're shallow or facile or whatever but we just had like a really long conversation about like Muslim dating mores and racism and classism and all these kind of stuff in between and mm. it was all within the framework of like stuff you write about yeah. in your rom-com book mm. and that you see in rom-coms do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. do you have like a parting shot and all that? Um, <laughs> um, I don't. <laughs> That's I'm fine too. Without opinion. Um, other than the fact that I think more rom-coms should be made. Um, has anyone seen About Time? Oh, yes. 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 Oh, oh, I love that. And that's so good. That's, that's kind so, of put, uh, that's sold as a rom-com, but it's so much more. It's about um, parental relationship. Mm, it's about, yeah. you know, family love. It's about depression. His, you know, his sister who's in a bad relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah. So and about long-term and, illness and dealing with the fact that your parents are going to die. Yeah, Spoiler. Grief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> grief. Like it has everything within the framework of a rom-com. So don't tell me rom-coms yeah. can't yeah. address hardcore yeah. issues. Also, the most unrealistic fi- thing about that film isn't the time travel. It's that Dan Lenoir is a romantic experience. Oh, totally. Because <laughs> it is yeah. so <laughs> paranoid. Oh, the dark restaurant thing. Yeah. Okay. It's so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is actually it's horrible isn't I it I always yeah. wanted to go and then when I saw that I was like oh my god I'm going to meet a sexy guy and it's it's really panic inducing yeah. you can't even see your hand like a centimetre in front of your face it's, it's horrible it's quite weird I yeah. as well it was a very odd experience yeah very yeah. strange oh well, and we'll on that there. note yeah, <laughs> yeah. That but you note. might meet Dom Hall Gleeson so yes. yeah I think I don't buy it with him <laughs> I just don't buy it oh Do I don't I mean? think he's hot but like, I think he's. Why you know, is he a romantic lead in things? I don't know. He looks like a match. I don't <laughs> look like a match. <laughs> what every woman wants in a match. Yeah. I, I think he's he's got a strange attraction to him. Like I don't. I I find him quite attractive. I think I he's do. got the parts because his dad is what's his face. Like the most famous Irish actor. Yeah. What's his name again? Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm the same as you, and I like I I technically want to see myself represented more on screen, but I actually don't, and I want to be the person who does it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> like if you're gonna adapt my fil- book for film, great. If it's gonna be anyone else's, no! I really don't want to know. <laughs> Joke. Not. <laughs> no, I'm not joking at all. It's why it's I haven't watched have this, The Young Offenders or anything. It's because you have this weird kind of territorial feeling over what it is to be, I don't know, Irish or Muslim. Yeah. And any anyone else who has the opportunity to to portray that, it's like, well, are you going to do the right? Are you going to do? Are you going to do it well enough? Are you going to? Yeah. Yeah. And by well enough, I mean exactly Fim. how my life is. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it's not like my life, then I don't want to know. That's, That's why just... I love The Big Sick as well, because it was about uh, he's a stand-up. In I it. you. 
Um, oh, yeah. And I went to see, yeah, and I went to see it with Sash, and I was like, it's like us, but the other way round. Like, oh, it is like you, but yeah. the other way round. Uh, except then, you guys broke up. Yeah, and, and also, except that his parents were like the most liberal people ever, and I was like, why don't we have any, like, <laughs> why don't we have what? any Romeo Yeah, Juliet-esque why don't we have any, like, oh, drama. sexy drama? Like, his parents are just like, oh, I love you so much. And I'm like, oh, but could you just try and be a bit disappointed or something? <laughs> Give like, me something to rally against. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Make him choose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I loved that film. It was great. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say you should watch it because you don't want to watch it. But don't want to watch was, it. It was nice. <laughs> and I never will. <laughs> I won't, and I shan't. Cool. So, do you have anything to plug or promote while you're here? Um, no, apart from the fact that my third book that's coming out June, not until June next year. Um, yeah. But I think it's a bit too soon to plug that. I'm oh. very excited about it, though. It's not a rom-com. Are we allowed a title? This Green and Pleasant Land. Ooh. Lovely. Mm. Give us a little summary, a little, little spiel. It's about a Muslim family living in a very quaint English village, think West Dorset, and um, they're very coconutty, mm-hmm. so kind of brown on the outside, white on the inside. Yeah. A phrase and... we are not allowed to use as white people. <laughs> no, obviously <laughs> not. Um, and um, the main character, his mum, who's very traditional, very religious... Um, and lives in Birmingham, um, fears for his soul because he, she thinks that he's lost touch with his identity, his faith oh. and his tradition. And so on her deathbed, she asks him to build, she she asks, yeah, she asks him to build a mosque in his village. And he, out of guilt, um, decides to try and do that. And it's about the backlash um, from the community wow. when he decides sounds to brilliant. announce that yeah. at the council meeting. That already sounds like an amazing independent British film. Well, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> Doesn't it, though? I could totally see it. It'd yeah. be great. So I'm looking forward to that coming out next year. Yeah. Is there a love story? Um, there are lots of lo- little love stories. It's like, kind of like a Love Actually, actually, but not oh. that heartwarming. Love Actually, but um, Christmas is a mask. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, there, there's a lot about kind of marital relationships, but also the strange way in friend, the, the strange way in which um, friendships can blossom between two people who have absolutely no idea um, about the other person's culture or upbringing and how um, friendship and love can transcend language um, and culture and tradition. I love that. That sounds fucking great. I'll definitely be reading that. See you at the Booker Awards. Yeah, man. Oh, well, maybe. Hopefully. I I won't be there. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. I might have a waitressing job at it. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you very much for coming in. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening and thanks again to Aisha for coming in. You can find Aisha on Twitter at Aisha underscore Malik or in all good bookshops. Thanks also to Harry Harris for our jingles, Gavin Day for our logo, Soho Radio Studios for our recording space. We'll be back next week with a new episode. So until then, goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.